Hey, what's up, fam? I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody is being safe out there and putting yourselves in positions where you can always be ready and prepared to live your best life. So I've been thinking about a lot of things, and I want to talk about this concept of of appropriation and cultural appropriation that's been on the news, you know, forever. It's been in entertainment circles forever. Basically, the story of the Kardashians basically has been a conversation about appropriation in some way, shape, or form. And as 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 many of you all know, I, I teach at American University. I teach intercultural communication, and I teach a class on Jay-Z. I kindly recommend for people to come maybe sit in and audit. But over the last couple of years, I've also been teaching a new course at American University entitled Appropriation or Appreciation. And... I wanted to use this course as an opportunity for young people to really get into a strong debate or conversation about about what appropriation is. And I'm I'm pulling up something from, from there that I wanted to share about how we define appropriation because there's a definition that we use in class that I think is is extremely important. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up and I want you to understand that this is the definition that we use in class. Okay. So when we use this in class, I think when we talk about it, right, one of the challenges, how do I, I always say all of the time that whenever we have these conversations about so many issues, we, we run into challenges because we do not have the same definition. We don't have the same agreed upon definition. And when you do that, you're really setting yourself up for a recipe of the, for disaster. So my point in sharing that is that when we talk about it, I want to make sure that if you agree or disagree, that we have the same definitions in mind, okay? And, you know, a lot of this, you know, we've been talking about movies like uh, Black is King, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. So, the definition that I am using today for appropriation, okay, it's very simple. And it comes from a professor uh, named Michelle Hayes, and she says, uh, taking the external trappings of cultural traditions and using them as decorations on your own history without developing mutually supporting relationships in the community that you're taking from. Okay? That's the definition I'm, I'm, I'm using, okay, from Professor Hayes. Let me say it again. Taking the external trappings of cultural traditions and using them as decorations on your own history without developing mutually supportive relationships in the community that you're taking from. The challenge when many people talk about appropriation is that people only focus on taking the external trappings, and when they only take a focus on taking the external trappings, they don't look at the part of the mutually supportive relationship. And because of that, so many people jump into conversations about appropriation without really knowing what it means, cultural appropriation. I, I like to term it as the academic uh, or the cultural version of academic plagiarizing. So today I want to talk about Black is King, Beyonce's film that was on Disney that garnered a lot, a lot of, or still is on Disney, that's garnered a, a lot of attention. And I want to use that as a way to have a conversation about when we look at appropriation versus appreciation. There are many people who, and, and here's another challenge what we have with appropriation is that many people look at everything that's cultural appropriation as racist. And 
And I think we do that because oftentimes we may not really have the vocabulary to talk about the difference between the two. And the fact of the matter is that everything that is a culturally that is cultural appropriation isn't racist and everything that's racist is not cultural appropriation. It really depends. And when it comes to documentaries or movies, however you want to call what Beyonce did with, with Black is King, the, my, my firm belief is that African-Americans, okay, I believe that African-Americans cannot appropriate African culture. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that West Indians can appropriate African culture. I, I don't believe that. And so many of the conversations that were taking place, and it's not just with Beyonce. Obviously, she's been the latest iteration of it. But when people see African-Americans, you know, maybe dressed in kente cloth and so on and so forth. And I know a lot of Africans who get mad at that. Not, not all. Most Africans I know who I roll with love seeing the diasporic unity. So and that's just part of the circles that I was raised in. But there are many people who take upset at that and, and accuse them of, of, of appropriating the culture. And I, I disagree with that. My fundamental belief is that when I look at things like Black is King, that is an example of appreciation. Why is it an example of appreciation? Why I look at an example of appreciation is because, number one, it was a compilation of working with other African artists. So one of the things Professor Hayes talks about when she talks about the, that mutually supporting relationships within the communities, that happened with the work that Beyonce was doing in Black is King. Are you going to look? I've already been down with Yemi Holiday and, 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 and some of, several of the other African artists who've been featured in there, but a lot... The doing work of Beyonce brought a lot of attention to their work for those who do not know who they are. Of course, people like Emmy Holiday are already international stars. We know that. But we know that doing that, it, no, you know what? There may be people out there who don't know who Beyonce is and only know Emmy Holiday and got into Beyonce from that, right? So that is possible. And people are saying, well, you know, Beyonce is just profiting off of this. Well, the fact of the matter is her mom talked about this. Her, 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 the, the work that gets aired on, you know, on the African continent doesn't make a lot of money for Beyonce. So it's really not about a mutually supportive relationship. Now, in terms of financially, her, her, her profiting off of that. Now, some also want to make the conversation, well, it's also important that, you know, we should recognize the fact that Disney Plus is not accept accessible in many African countries. So many people who wanted to check that out couldn't even do that, which is a conversation for another day. So when I see, the way I look at it is whether you're African-American, West Indian, be South American. We all come from the same part of departure, at the same point of departure, and basically got dropped off in different places off the boat, right? And so to me, if the root of the culture is African, you can't appropriate what is already yours. Even if you may not have a full understanding, look, the way African Americans worship, is that more European or is it more African? Right. It's more African because it's in our ancestry. When Ryan Coogler was filming the Black Panther and he rests in peace to Chadwick Boseman. No doubt. Um, I was inspecting. Yeah, just Chadwick sometimes just like the rest of y'all just takes takes to takes to a different place. And so rest in peace and rest in power. Um, when, when, when Ryan was going to the continent to, to do research he was going to places like South Africa and he was seeing traditions that were going on. And he was saying like, yo, that happens in my house. That happens in my hood. That goes down in Oakland. That happens in our church and so on and so forth. So what he was seeing was he was seeing 
international similarities of Pan-African culture. You can't appropriate that. What we can talk about appropriation is people like Bo Derek in the 70s coming back with, you know, the, 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 the braids and people saying she invented it or one of the generous slash Kardashians talking, you know, having the box braids and people saying that comes from, you know, they invented that and not giving credit where that's due and kind of using that, and making it look like you invented it. We can have that conversation, but between black and black, the appropriation is impossible. Now, what could happen is underappreciation. We know in many situations that there are people within the African-American community who have mocked African culture and who've made it into uh, something that and they've looked at it in a disrespectful type of manner. Quite honestly, growing up, most of the bullying that I received as a child growing up in Boston, Massachusetts, came from African-Americans. I got it from people of all culture backgrounds, but primarily African-Americans. So we know that there can be a disconnect as it relates to misunderstandings. There can be disconnects as it relates to the stereotypes we learn about each other, because quite honestly, continental Africans learn a lot of stereotypes about African Americans as well which prevent a lot of us from doing work together just as African Americans here learn about stereotypes stereotypical Africans on the continent over there and so to those of y'all on the African continent who see things like black is king and and say that this is an example of appropriation I think that we need to flip that I think we need to look at it as a form of appreciation because at the end of the day whether we're talking Beyonce, Jay-Z, Chance, whoever we're talking about, the roots of the music is, is African. The roots of hip-hop is African. And so we need to make sure that every single day we are not unnecessarily dividing each other, unnecessarily pitting ourselves against each other over arguments that ultimately are, are, are frivolous and ultimately do more work to keep us separated than bring us together. So I applaud what... Beyonce did uh, with Black is King. I know that some people were upset because they felt like some of the pictorial representations didn't really highlight the continent outside of, you know, by, by showcasing things like cities and all of that. And some of the things may have pr promoted the, the stereotype that other people have of the African continent. And that is definitely a conversation worth having. I get that. I understand that there are many Africans like, okay, we've seen this before. And there we can talk about some nuances about some things that could have been done differently or better. But overall, I think that it's important that we have this strong African connection with people uh, throughout the diaspora. And I think that it's extremely important that every single day we are looking at ways to bond with our brothers and sisters overseas, like, like Malcolm was trying to do, like Marcus Garvey was trying to do. Because we don't have a lot of time. We don't have we don't even have the, the, the mental wherewithal to really continually engage in these petty conversations about Who's black? Who's not? Who's African? Who's not? Who's appropriating? Who's not? We have enough to worry about what people outside of the culture appropriating what we're doing every single day that deserve real attention, real critique, real, real, real issues as it relates to how we bring attention to it. So I wanted to mention that again. Those, those are my thoughts relating to to Black is King. I think it's a great work. I, I think that I, what I loved about the, the Lion King soundtrack is that I know that the Black Panther soundtrack was created in kind of a different type of space, but I felt like the Black Panther, the, the Lion King soundtrack that Beyonce did was what the Black Panther soundtrack should have been. I think the Black Panther soundtrack captured a lot of the themes in terms of the songs, but I was looking for that Pan-African flair, and I'm, I'm thankful for Beyonce's project for giving us that. And so I think all of us as, as, as Africans and people of African descent, we need to just embrace it 
and be down with it. And, and to that end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up with this poem entitled Free Your African Mind, which is a, a, a call to all of us throughout the diaspora. Free your African mind, my brother. Free your African mind, my sister. Free yourself from those mental chains that say you don't come from that dark continent when ain't no one on the continent darker than you. Realize you've been brainwashed by wicked white men, but your oppression has also been perpetrated by your own brethren. I know that the rapings, castrations, and lynchings were grueling, but the castration of the mind has more longevity than a lynching. You're wrenching further and further away from your motherland. You let them tell you that your slave-inspired slang was Ebonics and not a rich African language with English words, and so you were afraid to speak the word. You believed them when they told you your continent was dark. However, you didn't realize it's because they've been trying to steal her sunlight for centuries. From whitening the ancient Egyptian to whitening Beethoven to whitening Michael Jackson, you've been brainwashed. From slave codes to black codes to Jim Crow, you've been brainwashed. From K-1 to cum laude, you've been brainwashed. You see, you want to be American, though America has decided she no longer needs you, while an entire continent pleads for you to come home. So free your African mind. Free those naps suppressed under that process. Free those hips and those tight jeans that only attract negative attention and suffocate your natural nilotic curves. Free those brown, luscious lips from ravishing red lipstick. Brothers, free your kidneys from sipping 40s and sip fresh waters from the Nile Basin. Free yourself from feeling you have to step all over your lady and step with me and Mark Kilimanjaro. Free your mind and stop trying to free Willie into our co-partner in our fight for liberation. To deny that you're African is to deny your place on earth as the first. Why claim to be a nigger and kill over street corners when you can claim ancient Nubia? Why claim a country when you can have a continent? I speak to all of you in denial, from African Americans to West Indians to even continental Africans. Malcolm and Marcus and Marley died trying to free your minds. Accepting your rich African blood turned you into a worldwide majority and not a national minority. It stretches your history much farther to Mississippi. It explains why you're as beautiful as you are, why you worship like no other, and why you can never be defeated while standing on the shoulders of God and your ancestors. All of you, rise. You, ghetto prisoners who are really Ghanaian princes, rise. You, proud to be bitches who are really Burundian princesses, rise. You who think being born on the continent is enough to make you African, rise. Dark-skinned Latinos, rise. Confused Cape Verdeans, rise. Westernized West Indians, rise. Egocentric Euro-Africans, rise. Amnesic Afro-Asians, rise. Almost annihilated Australian Aborigines, rise. Realize, like Bob Marley realized, that being African is a state of mind and walk with me through that bright African sunrise and I guarantee your mind, body, spirit, and nation will rise, rise, rise high as the glistening skies. Just free your almighty African mind. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you all joining. And, you know, feel free. There's lots of information out there. Appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. Again, please remember, you can check out my, my podcast. You can check out the YouTube channel. Please subscribe there. Also dropping a lot of this on Facebook as well. And, of course, we have Instagram TV where you'll find this entire production after I sign off. So take care. Stay safe. And remember, black people, we got, as, as, as I said, Africa unite. Africans throughout the diaspora unite. We got a lot bigger fish to fry, and let's, or maybe if you're vegetarian, tofu, whatever it is, let's just get to work. All right, peace out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.